Welcome to the Explosion Network's exploration of Studio Ghibli. Each week we'll be discussing one of the films from within the library of the celebrated animation studio. This is Studio Ghibli's Animated Wonders. My name is Dylan Blight, and joining me to discuss today's animated wonder is Ashley Hobley. Hey Dylan, excited to be here to talk about the intricacies of working in a bathhouse. Did you just struggle over intricacies? Yep, what a word. Got a word's going out. And <laughs> also joining us uh, again after a week off, special guest, Buddy Watson. Hey, it's me, I'm back. Yeah. Thanks for having me yeah. again. Kieran is scared of pigs, so. It's all right. <laughs> what are you trying to say about me, Ash? Like, what are you trying to say about me? I was talking me? about the ones in the film. It's fine. Um, today's movie is Spirited Away, directed by Hayao Miyazaki, written by Hayao Miyazaki, starring Rumi Hiragagi, Miru Irino, Mari Natasuki, Takahashi Naito, Yasuko Sagawishi, Yumi Tamai, Tatsuwa Gashuni? Gashuni? Uh, it was released in 2001. The synopsis for the film is, during her family's move to the suburbs, a sullen 10-year-old girl wanders into a world ruled by gods, witches, and spirits, and where humans are changed into beasts. Away. So I'll go first, quickly, because this is coming into the this podcast this is one of ghibli's movies i had seen the most and in fact this is probably one of the movies i've watched in my life period and that is solely because when i went when this came out um and it won best picture animated picture at the oscars at the time i think that then made it it, for whatever reason it must have at the local like dvd store at the time like being front and center like you know best picture winner or best uh, animated film winner or whatever because when i was going to daycare at that time they brought the dvd or the vhs i don't i'm not sure it could have been either at that time point because it was a weird point in time where they had like dvd and vhs on the go anyway and they would replay it every single day so every day i would go daycare and they would just play spirited away spirited away spirited away and it was that kind of thing of like you could either watch spirited away again or you could go do paints and crafts or something like that. So I would just pretty much watch Spirited Away at daycare pretty consistently. And by the time that period of holidays was over, I'm pretty sure I'd watched the movie probably 30 plus times as a kid. So I'd seen this movie a lot and I'd slowed down the the, the, the amount of times I'd watched it since then. So I hadn't watched it for five years now. However, it's, it's kind of drilled into the back of my fucking brain at this point. That said, this movie is fantastic. I, I think this movie is 10 out of 10 amazing. I love all the characters in it. I love the general themes. I love the, the start to finish, the emotional uh, journey we go through with uh, all of the characters. I think it's beautifully animated. I love the soundtrack for it. But again, maybe the soundtrack's just drilled into my freaking brain where I'm like, this <laughs> it reminds me of being fucking 12 or something like that. But overall, this is my first Ghibli movie. And so, obviously, it holds a special place for, for me in that fashion. And I still really, really enjoyed watching it. Ash, how did you feel about Spirited Away? Uh, I enjoyed it. I don't think... You're fine. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I think... I, yeah, it was good. I don't know if it's as fantastic as I've seen people call it and that kind of thing. I may, might just be like a expectations kind of thing. Um, 
but yeah, it's beautifully animated. There's some a lot. This explains a bunch of different imagery that I've seen places like the no face and that kind of thing. Um, and yeah, it, it's an interesting story to say the least. It goes a bit all over the place and uh, really, yeah, really interesting. Um, again, I think it kind of ends real quickly, <laughs> like like a couple of other Studio Ghibli films. But yeah, I, I overall, I enjoyed it. I just don't think it probably is sitting at the top of my uh, list at the moment. Wow. That crushed my dreams. Buddy, how did you feel about this one? First of all, daycare. Uh, how old am I and how old are you making me feel? Um, <laughs> and uh, secondly, uh, I think over the last 11 weeks, listening, my favorite portion of each podcast is you actually trying to pronounce the names of the cast and crew beforehand. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to say that before, Look, you know. I um, carry I on. try. I feel, I feel like there's a fine line between... You, you start if you don't try actually you come across i think it's actually kind of offensive because then you, i mean you're, you're kind of making if you, you're making fun of people's names if you're really kind of professional yes. you would prepare and like find out the pronoun properly i try like i literally have tried beforehand and i try when i'm recording and it's just one of those things where um it's it's look i'm fucking australian <laughs> white dude who's struggling <laughs> to say these fucking japanese names and i apologize yep. but i try now that I've stalled long enough, uh, I can say that, you know, now that you've calmed down a bit more, Dylan, I actually agree with you, Ash. I went in this with, I guess, not only really high expectations, but the knowledge of how critically acclaimed and adored it is by the fan base. But it was good, but it never really elevated to another really level for me. I think the reason being, I just didn't really vibe with kind of the setting and all the spirits and all the kind of the, it was more, I felt more whimsical and I'm not really a super fan of, of fantasy, even though, um, you know, two weeks ago I was kind of gushing about Princess Mononoko and, and The Legend of Zelda, two of my favorite, you know, my favorite game franchise and, and the similarities towards that. But um, I kind of got a little bit lost in this and I feel like this wasn't as in your face Um with where it was going, I felt really kind of disjointed where it was going to, when it all started and, and what the kind of the end game was and what the story was going to be, you know, it, it kind of unraveled and, you know, became a bit more uh, apparent as, as it went on. But yeah, from as the kind of start, I was just like not really super engaged, but I did enjoy it by the end of it, just not to the kind of level that um, it's been held up up to. So It sounds like both of you just had the hype ruin potentially. You know, you went in with such high expectations. Maybe if you didn't know it was as well loved, you might have just enjoyed it more. I don't know. No, I don't know. I think it was just the. I hate saying complaining about pace of a movie because it, it just feel I just didn't it just didn't grasp for me, and I don't think it was because I've had this massive hype or whatever. I'm for it, um, but yeah, it just did, it just didn't grab me. It just didn't keep me. You know, oh, I want to see more. I want to see what, where this is going. What's happening here? It's just I felt like I was just kind of taking it in and, and not really being enthralled mm. by it. I see I think the I think the reason this movie has always been one of the more popular ones and it was so popular um with me and a bunch of other kids in daycare when we was watching it is because when I was that age and I'm watching it, I wasn't taking in any of the themes and stuff I take away from it now. 
and and that's good. It means it worked on that level for kids. You know, it was the story of it was basically similar to Alice in Wonderland in a lot of ways. Yeah. It's about a young girl who kind of goes down a rabbit hole, goes for an entire adventure, then she comes out the other side changed and um ready to tackle the world and that's that's kind of the movie yep. and in that way it works for kids they can watch that they're like oh look at these funny design characters and whatever else and blah 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 and there are some f- funny moments in it and it's very fantasy and whimsical and i'm sure for, for kids you know that would be great to watch uh but older there's lots of i think interesting themes and stuff obviously in here that kids just won't pick up on so to get into those i've, I've wrote down four main ones that I think are in here. There could be many more that I simply don't pick up on because uh, the fact that this movie includes so much uh, spiritual stuff and a lot of uh, a lot of stuff I could be potentially missing because it could, once again Japanese culture and uh, this sort of stuff that I often bring up on this show that I could just be going completely over my head. But so the first one I wrote down was gluttony slash consumerism. I feel like that's the most the first theme we're introduced into this because obviously the parents stop at the table of food and you have the father figure literally being like it's not a problem it doesn't matter we don't have to wait to ask because i've got credit cards and i've got money and it's mm. perfectly fine let's just start eating like it's it's i think that is written something that way no purposely. one would do in real life <laughs> i mean i don't know like <laughs> but uh, maybe not but You're i think he's Sizzler. purposely written yeah, you yeah. don't walk. You don't walk straight into Sizzler, pass the counter, sit down, start eat, taking your ice cream straight away. <laughs> it's because because they um like they they're moving for his job is what you gather at the start of the movie, and she doesn't w- want to be doing because she's leaving behind all her friends and whatever else. So you get this family dynamic of the family revolves around the father, and it seems like the father is like pretty confident in in who he is, and he must be some like office worker, you know, type. I'm fucking do this, and it, you get I get a lot of that just because in that first ten minutes because of the way he talks and what's happening and where they where they're going, and then the fact he's saying things like I've got a credit card, it's perfectly fine, and all this sort of stuff, and in a lot of ways that dialogue doesn't actually feel very um japanese it sounds Great. american yeah. mm. or uh, you know like i've got a big american whatever else so i i guess there could be something to said there maybe more that I, I don't get about possibly like american ideals or whatever invading japan's um people or whatever well, in a lot of ways and like i'm sure there's people like, like know, that but, in japan it's not purely Possibly, an American it could, thing, but it could be. It could, it could be like Miyazaki's an American stereotype, but yeah, but it could be Miyazaki's way of having, um, you know, because we talk a lot of we've talked before about how he's a very, you know, the dude hates fucking technology. He doesn't even he basically doesn't own a phone. He's a he's a very like old school dude. So this could be his way of saying like we've, we're kind of forgetting our ways of people and. Um, Americans evading us with their super consumerism um, style of stuff. Um, second thing I I had down is spiritualism. Obviously, it's, <laughs> the movie it's about fucking spirits and whatever else. And I will say a lot of that kind of goes over my head, especially the full connections for stuff like when they're driving into the the forest or whatever at first. They like. Ch- Chihiro asks about the little the praying 
house things or whatever they're officially called on the road and the mother explains that people pray to them or whatever but i don't fully understand like i'm sure they they're supposed to represent that there's a spiritual place up ahead or something like that is kind of what i gather what they mean but because once again i don't have the full context for all that sort of stuff so i'm sure there's more to be gathered from that um and then obviously not huge in this one, the environmental themes, but once again, environmental stuff does come up in this movie. Um, I think the biggest example and scene of that is uh, when Chihiro gets her first customer um, and it comes in and it's this giant stink monster. And what we discover is that the giant stink monster isn't in fact a stink monster. It is a forest... Um, a river spirit. River spirit. And what does the river spirit have come out of it? bikes, gunk, random bits of pieces, all this sort of junk, which is to imply that the spirit monster, the spirit of the river was filled with junk and it was turned into this mess. So th I, that is like the most obvious environmental message I think in the, the, the movie. There might, there's other things obviously I, I feel as well, but that one's like the very like, look, the river had heaps of shit chucked into it and now it's fucking a <laughs> stink monster, you know? So mm. look after your stuff. I think... And then the other one that's not as like super in your face, but is about um, Haku, right? Obviously one of the the main characters in the film, the one who looks after uh, Chihiro. And he, when we find out who he is, we find out that he too was a um, river spi uh, spirit or a, what, might not have been river, it might be a, a lake. Well, he was a river, yeah. River, yeah. Um, and we find out that the reason he's there and he forgot his name is it's implied that a bunch of houses or housing complexes got built on top of his river. And that's why he, he, he forgot who he was because the humans built over and, uh, his, his river and that's how he lost who he was. So, um, that's obviously another big one. And then the last one, and then we can loop back if anyone's got more comments on whatever ones stand out to them. Uh, is obviously growing up, and I feel like that's the most Alice in Wonderlandish aspect of this movie. I guess like Chihiro comes in from the very start of this movie. She's very scared, you know her. She's she doesn't want to go into a dark tunnel. She's holding on to her mum. He doesn't want to do this. As soon as she gets in there, she, everything's freaking her out. The second her parents t start turning into pigs, she's crying and wandering around. When um, Haku finds her for the first time, she's crying on the ground and super scared. And then as the movie progresses, she starts being a lot more confident and going out on her own and having to do these things on her own. And then, of course, by the end of the movie, she's this lot more strong, free-willed character who's made some big decisions. Like, I will go, I will go out, see the scary twin sister of the scary witch lady, and I will take care of this problem by myself. So it's like a lot of character growth there, I feel. And then... She, by the time she comes out the other side, she's not like fully like, fuck you, I don't need you anymore, mum. She's still holding on to her mum. And I feel like that's just more her just being the the daughter holding on to the mother type thing. But we as an audience know that she's been through some shit and she's um, come out the other side a, a, a stronger uh, person. Yeah. So, uh, Ash, out of all four of those, is there any one that stands out to you the most or, and anything you'd like to add to it? Well, I think like obviously the gluttony nice thing, I think, is. is a pretty prevalent one obviously with or just consumerism in general like all these people were willing to risk just feed this no face anything for some gold yeah. and that kind of yeah, stuff no and then um yeah i it it 
it feels like it's full to the broom with different themes and that kind of thing, but maybe maybe doesn't like flesh them all out. Even like the baby, when you think about it, it's like that baby is just being coddled. It's like a example of like bad parenting. This child like being it cordoned off from the rest of the world, like treated to be scared of everything, of germs and everything. I <laughs> I think the baby has um similar similar sort of not not to the full extent as your hero, but similar sort of path where by the end of the movie, the baby is literally like, fuck you, mum. No, I'm going to do <laughs> yeah. this. And also the baby cho- the baby chooses when it knows it can turn back into a human to actually just stay as the animal form because that's how much they're enjoying that a lot more. So the, the baby too, because for all I know, the baby could actually be fucking 23. I don't know. <laughs> like, <could> like there's <laughs> some weird shit going on here. Um, the baby does choose to just be... Um, who they want to be, not who their mother is telling them to be, which is strapped up in a room, bored and not doing anything. So that's another character who kind of just takes charge of their own uh, decisions in life. Yeah, um, Buddy, any of the, what themes uh, jump out to you the most in the movie? Anything you want to add to any of those? Yeah, a lot of the ones that you've already kind of identified, same with Ash as well. Uh, the more so the growing up, I really thought that was kind of a touch on like self-identity. And especially because they couldn't kind of remember their names and that's maybe applied on, you know, if you've kind of maybe you're in a bad spot or maybe you're doing things when you're part of this kind of capitalist machine, uh, even to this point where it's even maybe maybe it's touching on slavery and stuff because they can't leave, but they're a part of this machine and their name has changed and they've kind of forgotten who they were. And it's for me, you know, it's kind of being part of maybe this big corporate uh, type cog in the machine and kind of forgetting your actual identity instead of being part of, you know, just a, another another ant in, in, in the world to kind of hold it up. So that was kind of with, you know, Sen and Chihiro with their, the name change and Haku forgetting who you know he was before all that stuff as well. Uh, the other one was, the like you were saying, with the, kind of the greed and the gluttony with no face. Um, and I loved the fact that when she fed it the thing that she got from the stink monster or whatever it was, um, yeah. it kind of started regurgitating and throwing up all this junk that had kind of been eaten. And it's, you know, kind of polluting the environment where we had that before, but also kind of polluting yourself with rubbish and kind of you know, even just um, yeah. not looking after yourself as well. Maybe, you know, you know, you know whether in, in, in a real world analogy, yeah. whether it's, you know, fast food or, you know, not eating healthily enough and, and that's kind of, you know, making them bloated and angry yeah. and you're get, getting the Cause, things. Because he says um, the reason... What, what it looked like... The reason he's doing it is because he's lonely. So, I mean, it's like... Yeah, yeah, that's using right. Using things to... And, and maybe that's a... Not dealing with your problems and using other things to try and fill that void or whatever. Yeah, like a, maybe a, you know, a shot of kind of, you know, depression and, and that kind of stuff and it really felt like that was kind of a detox and she was really on his side of trying to let's get no face out of here when it was like no why would you want it to follow us and that was actually my favorite line of the movie i know we're getting up to our kind of favorite stuff in in a minute but once again it was more so a line that kind of summed it up for me kind of like like last two weeks ago with um princess mononoko and it was san saying he's only bad in the bathhouse i mean regards to no face and that Maybe when No Face is there, it's also because it doesn't have a name and forgotten its own identity and is kind of a part of this toxic environment that um, is not you know, letting it kind of thrive. And uh, we see that once it's kind of out of there and, and out of that and, and kind of become more healthy and 
and not this kind of villainous thing that's eating stuff. So, um, yeah, a lot of the stuff we've kind of already uh, touched on before. Yeah, No Face is, I think, one of the is super interesting, and I can't fully grasp what exactly is trying to be said with that character. Like, I can, I can't fully wrap my head around it because it, there, there's a lot going on there. Because it's this spirit who has no face, no name, so they start calling it no face. They never go into more what that type of spirit means or represents or who, where that would come from. But in this world of spirited away, every spirit has, um, everything has a spirit. Like it plays into that, which is a like Japanese type thing. So in the fact that you see a, a lamp spirit, for example, like a lamp has a spirit. Everything everything in the human world has a, has a spirit equivalent. So what is a no face spirit um where does that come from that's quite interesting and it's obviously this person um or this being that wants to just basically seek out friendship or something to do partnership in someone takes a liking to Chihiro when she enters obviously and then no matter what it does because it thinks it's offering her what she wants obviously several times throughout the movie here have all these uh chips to get the the water more she's like no i just wanted one i'm good because she's super not playing into any of the gluttony or uh, th- that sort of stuff in the movie. She's like, I just needed the one. I'm good. You know? And then later it's with the gold, like here, have all this gold. She's like, no, I'm good. You know? So that uh, so it pisses him off. Whereas everyone else in the, that whole place is like, of course, give me the money, give me the money. They're all working inside this corporate machine and all they're seeking is the bigger payday. And even their boss, um, fuck, what is her name before I get too far? Uh, Yubaba, right. Yeah. Um, she, um, she's like the most, super uh every time you see her in scenes before she's talking to a character she's literally just counting her jewels and counting her gold and uh putting it away you know doing that very like sort of evil thing and her room up there is also super kind of opposite to the the design of the rest of the movie like her, Mm. her room has this very different style to it to to everything else in the movie like everything else seems like it's kind of from this fantasy proper fantasy world and even you go up to her twin sister's house she's living in this nice forest in the wood or whatever else but she's up there with all these nice fucking european rugs and whatever else is, is going off uh, going on there and counting her gold and being this pirate type character um and in a lot of ways i guess when it comes to her plus no face it's similar to when we talked about mononoke two weeks ago with, uh, with you is that they represent they give you her as the villain they're like She's obviously the big villain of the movie. Hey, look at your Bubba, big evil villain. And she is, and I wouldn't say that she's super not the villain by the end of the movie. However, she she's still, you, you kind of understand why she's doing what she's doing. Like she's, she has the care for her child. And when, when you see her freak out when she loses him, that, that adds humanity to her character. Like she's not just Ooh. this evil overlord. You see her, the scenes where she's actually in the shop and she's trying to make sure they save the, the forest spirit and all these sorts of things. Um, like that adds, she actually cares about her job somewhat, you know, so they, they, they bring that out. And then when they introduce no face, uh, I think you're supposed to be scared of him. I, I I don't know. Like when he shows up in the first time for you, cause you hadn't seen the movie. Are you like, Oh, I don't trust that guy. What's that? You know, always you're like, that's a bit weird. Because I, f- I feel like you're supposed to be like a mm, bit uneasy with no face when you when you start seeing him, just being a bit creepy, or or would you say he was like yeah, I knew here or there? I knew it was a bit of a threat just from seeing it at different places within media and social media and that kind of stuff. So I was a bit uh, weary of wary of him. So weary. 
Yeah. Because by the time he starts entering and he starts becoming the the big gluttonous being, you know, eating up people and whatever else, it's very easy to start being like, okay, so this is the big bad guy of the movie. But, you know, once again, as, as Buddy was just saying, it's it's this whole thing where he's not actually evil. He was evil in that moment, or he was a bad guy in that moment. But again, it's it's he was just trying so hard to make friends with someone. And then No, no Face's story is quite a simple one, really. He, he ends up out in the woods and he, he finds a place where he can help sow shit. And he's like, this is fun. I want to do it. Like, it, he's, his whole character is literally just someone seeking companionship really that's that's all that character boils down to but that's why i find it no yeah quite it's also about like environments like so, some people just aren't suited for certain environments and they it brings out the worst in them and that kind of thing so yeah that's yeah. A good way, yeah good way to look at it as well yeah um all right so ash favorite moment character all of the above what do you got for me i mean i really love that spirit the river spirit bathing stink spirit scene I think it was just beautifully animated with all the water and everything and just them pulling that massive <laughs> junk out of it and just being everywhere. And like everyone's reactions to the stink, stink spirit as well. I think they animated all that really perfectly as well. So I love that. Um, also, yeah. any single- just trying to hold that, When they're trying to hold their breath, it's like, take them to Even the <laughs> subtitles are like- <laughs> Written. Yeah, they mumble the <laughs> subtitles as well. Yeah, I found that quite funny. Perfect. Yeah. yeah, and then anytime the like little mouse and bird are on screen, very adorably animated as well. So, yeah. buddy, what's yours? Uh, when No Face is let off, so that No Face can es- kind of escape the the bathhouse. And like I said, the line before when Sin's like he's only bad when he's in the bathhouse, and um, actually. You know, for her character, actually see the light in this supposedly dark, villainous character. Um, I kind of mm. like that and what that represents. I, so I've, I've may have a cop out answer here because I would say in this viewing, my favorite scene was the final one where she picks her parents out. Because I'd never actually paid enough attention, I guess, for a while to figure out how she does it. And I, and I'm like, oh, it's because of the fucking bee thing that she's given. Like, it's this, she's the the woman's like, oh, this will help you or whatever. Like, it helps her. Like, that, that's how I took it away this time or whatever. And even if you don't take that, I just, it's a cool scene. But my real answer, and I can't change it because this is, ever since I've watched this movie since I was like 12 or whatever, I've always done the no face thing to people, even if they don't know what it is. And every time, like, I'll go to hand people's stuff sometimes. And if they're not taking it, I'll be like, uh, uh, uh. And I'll just start doing it to people. Like, it's embedded <laughs> in my brain. I just do it without thinking. <laughs> and I remember there was, <laughs> for example, I remember there was a period even, like, a year ago where I, was, I did it to Sharif or something. And I was like, uh, uh, uh. She's like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm like, oh, it's from Spirit of the Way. I'm, she's like, I've seen Spirit of the Way. I'm like, oh, sorry. <laughs> I just do it all the time. It's it's one of those things I've always done. So as much as it's like maybe not a real answer to be like, that's not really a scene. I feel like it would be, I have to give, I, I've done that for like 15 years of my life consistently. <laughs> Dylan's having really. an aneurysm. Somebody help yeah. him. Yeah. I don't know how to describe it. Cool. Like, is it. Would you call it like an action or a noise or something? If you're like, eh. Gesture? Eh. But. Jester? Yeah, sure. We'll okay. go with Jester. So, but yeah. I guess I'm just not gonna let you hand me things next time I see it. See if it really happens. No, it's not like I do it all the time. But it's just it's just one of those things that's like kind of in my my brain that comes up every now and then. There's another what there's another movie coming up soon 
where I'm not going to spoil it now, but I'm going to say there's a character that says they like a certain type of food. So to this very day, like if, if my mum's like, Hey, do you want some of this type of food? I respond by going, saying this line directly from this movie. She has no fucking idea what I'm on about. However, it's embedded in my brain and I can't help but just say it every single time. But that said, my, in general, I think I speak with movie quotes and movie lines, like 20, like 50% of the time I'm talking to people anyway. So it's, it's probably just part of that in general. <laughs> the, the couple studio yeah. Ghibli ones I picked up. Uh, yeah. Uh, Ash, before we finish up, any random other things you want to mention that you thought of while we've been recording? No, nothing really springs to mind. Uh, did they reuse the design for those little sprite creatures at the start? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this seems like they're the same sort of thing from Totoro and that kind of thing. So That's like a connecting thing, I think, at this yeah. point. Yeah. Buddy, anything come up while we've been recording? Anything else? Yeah, probably um, I think you've, you've hit the nail on the head with a lot of the themes, both of you, but I think that throwing all that kind of all those four themes or five four or five kind of takeaways that are in this thing it, that's kind of the that's where it kind of lost me when it was a bit of this a bit of that a bit of this a bit of, it didn't really tie all in together i'm i'm seeing a kind of indi- each individual kind of theme and, and kind of context they're trying to say but um as a whole it never really clicked as much as you know last time i was on a couple of weeks ago with princess mononoko with the environmental thing, that was it. And then they kind of built the the subtext around that and, mm. and made it more nuanced. That's kind of where it fell for me. I guess that's maybe why it didn't grasp me as much because it was trying to do, feel like a more of a shotgun approach, even though some of them were in- intertwined. Yeah. So would you say that's just like a personal preference or like, do you think in general movies are probably just better off focusing on one theme rather than a whole heap of little ones? Um, No, not entirely. I've seen it. I've seen it. I can't give you an example now, but I, you know, there's been plenty of times when there's multiple themes being outlaid in, in movies that, you know, I've absolutely loved um, or that's been executed well. I think it just in this time and, and watching it, it just didn't click for me. So I, I wish it clicked, um, but it just, yeah. Because yeah. I, I get, uh, can't force it on myself, <laughs> can I? I get, because I get, I totally get what you're saying. Like it, I, I've watched movies or, you know, read things or played games or whatever where I'm like, I mean, this thing's trying to chuggle about 20 plates here and it's not doing a single one of them well kind of thing. But for, for this movie, I feel like with the, the core four things that I brought up here, I feel like they all hit enough mm. for me personally. So yeah, I get what you're saying, but obviously just feel a little bit different about it. Um, all right, cool. So that'll do it for this week's episode of uh, Studio Ghibli's Animated Wonders. This was Animated num- Wonder number 12, Spirited Away. You can let us know what you thought of the film on Twitter. You can follow me and Ash on Twitter by heading to explosionnetwork.com slash Twitter and you'll find all of our Twitters there. You can find Buddy Watson over at dashgamer.com and on Twitter at buddywatson12. Next week's film is The Cat Returns. It is no relation to the cat bars from, from, <laughs> from my neighbor Totoro, so don't get your hopes up, everyone. I mean, I got my hopes up for a hot second and I, lo- I looked at the poster. I was like, fuck. Uh, anyway, so make sure to watch that movie before we talk about it next week and we'll see you then. Goodbye.